0: Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your Son. We thank you for your Spirit. And we receive your blessing and your refreshing, your light and your encouragement, your instruction and your comfort. We receive today your healing and your deliverance in every aspect of our lives. Lord God, we thank you. And as we anticipate the celebration of Pentecost we do pray earnestly with all our hearts and souls with all our mind and with all our strength come Holy Spirit renew the face of the earth come Holy Spirit fall on us afresh come Holy Spirit fill each of us, to overflowing again in this season. We are thirsty, ever thirsty, every day, every hour, every minute for the drink of heaven, the unique, supernatural, indwelling, empowering, enlightening. Holy Spirit, we bless you and give you all our praise today. In Jesus' name. In the book of Judges, it says that literally within two generations of Moses, which we heard Pastor Mahesh read from Deuteronomy 11, where the Lord very clearly said to Israel, Take these words of mine into your heart, and blessing will follow you, and you will subdue and overcome every enemy. In every place that I send you and we find that literally within two generations of Moses one generation of Joshua the people had forgotten the words of the Lord and had ceased to follow him had begun instead to adapt to the cultures the idol worshiping cultures around them and they lost the fear of the Lord and in that context it says that it was a time when every man would do what was right in his own eyes. And in that way, their enemies began to subdue and overtake and oppress them. And then re- Israel would go through these repeated cycles of finding themselves in oppression, in captivity, being uh, robbed and taken into slavery and Uh, invaded by the enemies of God, by the enemies of Israel, and they would repent, and they would turn back to the Lord and cry out to him, and God's answer in that, in those days uh, was that he would anoint individuals that were called judges in Israel, and thus right following the book of joshua in our bibles we have the record of the judges that god raised up during that time in israel and unique among them in judges four and five was a woman we all know who she was it was deborah and deborah was first of all a prophetess as a judge in israel She heard the living word of the Lord and was able to deliver it. And therefore, it set her in a unique position in that season a terrible season, a dangerous season, a season where Israel needed the visitation of God and needed his restoration and needed his aid and comfort and defense. And it set her up. She was also a wife, she was also a mother and, as I said, a judge. She became a leader. It said that Israel would come to her at her home where she sat under two palm trees to judge Israel, and she was a warrior. So let's think about, for just a moment, those characteristics as a prophetess hearing the word of the Lord. Jesus has anointed his church given the Holy Spirit, that each of us might be vessels able to actually commune with the Father and hear the word of the Lord and be able to bring truth where there is falsehood, be able to bring light where there is darkness, be able to bring comfort, discernment, encouragement, correction, all of those things. The wonderful gift of prophecy— Is available for every believer and this was a unique element that the judges had to have it wasn't by just their own rational reasoning or the cultural influences or the traditions no it was literally a personal connection with the Lord and by his spirit to be able to hear the word of the Lord and deliver it so that was the first thing but in the course of normal human life in Israel she also Deborah also was a wife which brings another whole set of responsibilities and restrictions in a way constrictions in a way um, different things that you have to attend to and be responsible for very natural things the members of your family and the the upholding the position of a wife in that culture in particularly which was was many and Uh, ultimately a representative of her husband as a representative of the authority in the tribe. And we know that, as it says in Proverbs 31, that Deborah in her wife's her husband, was recognized in the city gates as an authoritative person, a leader. And in fact, we've written a little piece of biblical fiction in our Book The Hidden Power of a Woman, and if you don't have it, we encourage you to check it out, The Hidden Power of a Woman. And we wrote a little piece of biblical fiction of what Deborah's actual life and ministry may have sounded somewhat like. So I encourage you to take a look at that. She was a mother, and in fact, she became the one that we refer to when we use that phrase, a mother in Israel. And the reason for that was that in the natural... uh, Uh, intuitive and instinct and ordination of a woman as a bringer of life a protector of life a giver of life she rose in that mothering over the nation at a time when Israel was acting like an orphan and for all practical purposes seemed to have been abandoned by God because they had abandoned him and she arose to bring them as a child back to their heavenly father Um, she also, as, as a judge, a couple of the things that I noticed was specifically being a discerner and upholder of truth, and that's the reason. When people had an argument or a, a conflict or a legal case or a a heavy burden or question they were needing answers for or needing some kind of dispute to be settled. That is the person that they would go to, and it was because she could tell between good and evil. She Like Solomon, she had the wisdom and the discernment to understand where the righteous side of a case should fall and had the authority to carry it out. People respected her because of it. It made her a leader. And one of the things I want to say about leading is that is being a pathfinder and a path leaver. In other words, being willing to be bold enough to be confident in our faith, to take steps forward in our own scenario where steps may not be taken by others, but we recognize from the presence of the Lord that there needs to be a forward movement there. I think of so many of you who have become engaged in our city and in our community in uh, encouraging and um, communicating on a regular basis with the pastoral leaders in the city, communicating with our governing leaders, supporting and upholding and giving counsel to our law enforcement, engaging in the educational system. It's very, very important. A leader is one who is an influencer in a sphere and is able to see where there are vacuums of righteousness and are willing and able to take those steps in the face of cost, oftentimes, of opposition or reputation, but be able to begin to form a pathway of righteousness that others can follow into. And then, of course, she was a warrior who ultimately actually went to real war. And in many of those things, as I said earlier, I woke up this morning and Golda Meir's face and memory An impression was with me, and honestly it wasn't until after I kind of went and refreshed myself in some of the events of her life and story that I realized it was the God of Israel, the one out of Zion who was ministering to me, because this week Israel will be celebrating its birthday, its birth as a state, its independence. And Golda Meir was truly the mother, the woman, the woman who brought that about in the financial and political and uh, legal and military sphere. Um, One of the things that many may not know about her is that she was born in Russia, but her father and family ended up immigrating to the United States, to Minneapolis, and um she grew up in a home because her father immigrated before them uh the women she and her sisters and mother and the extended family of women were alone and their household was a very contentious household of a bunch of women who bickered a lot and she grew up in that scenario and her father is not very present in uh her you know training and forming Interestingly enough, even in that city, the, the, the ability or the strength or the capability of women to rise with a voice and with leadership and some of that stuff began to be instilled in her, that confidence. When she was 11 years old, she was going to a place called the Fourth Street School in Minneapolis, I think, or Minnesota, yeah, I think that's correct, in Minneapolis. But anyway, she saw school children who were too poor to have their textbooks. And at 11 years old, she went to the principal, she organized a fundraiser, called the community together to the school, and raised enough money in that meeting to buy school books for all the kids who didn't have them. Well, we know that historically she became very famous as a fundraiser. It was a gift that she had. And in the days literally the, the few days, months, then weeks, then just a couple of days of Israel's independence, of the nations resisting that birth, and the um, hope that America would be a part of saying yes to Israel's statehood. Um, Golda Meir came to the States and raised $50 million dollars in $1, $5, $10 donations from Americans. She literally was responsible for taking home one-third of the entire budget for the war that Israel was forced into immediately after, within minutes literally after um, their call into statehood. And we know that um, She became Israel's prime minister. She did a couple of really interesting things, very bold and courageous things prior to becoming prime minister and literally being recognized as a state leader around the world. And two of those things were she went dressed as an Arab woman on her own into Jordan, very dangerous, very brave on her part. But she went to to speak to King Abdullah. And the first time, he gave her three promises concerning Jordan not attacking Israel. And when she heard later that he was going to go back on those promises, she went again and literally confronted him. He was angry. He was not happy about it. And he basically told her that Whereas prior, when he made those promises, he was assuming, uh, you know, independence, sort of. But that in the time since then, the Arab League now was surrounding him and influencing, putting pressure on him, and he, you know, went with them instead. But in any case, here was this woman who was willing to go to, who was probably the most influential man, ruler, monarch, very powerful in his own land, in the whole Arab territories at that time. Uh, crucial time when all the world was looking and putting pressure the British the British mandate putting pressure on Israel concerning being the partitioning and being a, a joint state and all of that stuff and she was so clear in all of those deliberations every conversation and then everything that she did as an international leader she refused to budge an inch in the face of any kind of pressure concerning the solidarity and sovereignty of Israel as a state and Jerusalem as the Jewish capital. So we can see there that warrior, leader, mother, judge with a clear word. And then one of the things that, there, there were a couple of things. She ended up being uh, going from a 90% popularity in Israel, Within a few days in the Yom Kippur War, within a few days, it dropped to 20% and it had to do with the number of casualties and a few other things. But if you look behind the scenes in history, it turns out that that was the one time that she sat in the company of all of the men, including the military intelligence and all of those other guys, and took their counsel instead of following her gut instinct as a mother in Israel. And when it was all said and done, she actually took responsibility for that decision. In fact, I found her quote that she said, she ended up saying, it doesn't matter what logic dictated. It only matters that I, who was so accustomed to making decisions, who did make them throughout the war, failed to make that one decision. And she took that responsibility, even though she was... know sort of submitting to the wisdom of of those other counselors Um, anyway a couple of other things that that really inspired me about her on this point of the warrior many of us know of the um, Olympics in Munich and the Israeli athletes were attacked and murdered and Golda Meir as a world leader at that time, initiated uh, a, an operation that they called the Bayonet um, to literally track down the terrorists that had been responsible for murdering those Jews in Munich and to eliminate every one of them. And so we see there the fierceness and willingness as a warrior to stand for truth and justice, but also there could not be anything more mothering than that stance that she took regarding the loss of those lives of her children, that is, in the state of Israel. So in all of those ways, she's very much like the the prophetess Deborah. She was very much like the prophetess Deborah. And there's just a couple of phrases that I really appreciate, and it starts with um, with Judges five. It says, "In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Yael the highways were deserted." This sounds like many of our city centers in this last three years because of the protests and the riots. So, what is needed? Women who fear the Lord to arise, not just in their own houses. And in our communities, in our neighborhoods, where we do business, the people that we speak to, it's time. Say, it's time. And the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until, say, until. Until I, Deborah, arose. makes me think of St. Patrick's prayer. I arise today in the power of Christ until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. And what I want to say, I want to commend and recognize and affirm and call forth every woman in relationship with us and this church, every woman within the sound of my voice That today, we make a fresh commitment to one another and to the God we love and serve. That in our generation, we are not taking a back seat. We are going to arise and stand for the Lord. So, if you would be willing, I want to ask you, women, if you would stand today. And we are going to ask the Lord for a fresh baptism. Of his spirit. Remember the Holy Spirit is called the helper. The very thing that woman was named. When she was created. Called the comforter. The guide. The teacher. All of those things that you uniquely. Carry and exemplify. And so now Lord. We stand together. For those of you watching at home, I would just ask you women, stand where you are in your home. We are joining an agreement. This company of women, volunteering freely as mothers in Israel. Women who are for the kingdom in the kingdom and who like Mary would say to the Lord, be it unto me according to your word, Lord, what you have ordained to birth in and through me, I receive it fully. I will defend and protect and bring to birth this life that you have ordained. And I will watch over and nurture and raise and instruct and teach to go in the way. All of those you put in my influence and in my care. I thank you, Father, you have made me a woman. I thank you, Lord, that you have called me from beginning as the one who helps, who is apt to help, who is a fitting helper, who is a right companion and co-laborer to the man that you have made. And so for every woman, within the sound of my voice, to all of us here and joining with us online today, To all of the women, for all of the women in our hearts, Lord. The many we have reached out to this morning saying Happy Mother's Day. The many we have heard from saying Happy Mother's Day. For the women, Lord. Natural mother or no. For the sisters. Wife or no. We join together. And pray, come Holy Spirit. Empower infill oil and anoint afresh I pray bathe these steps in butter I pray anoint these tongues with not only kindness but salt of discernment of truth of the ability to cut like a sword between flesh and spirit light and darkness We pray, Lord, let the spirit of prophecy fall on us afresh in many faceted ways that our words, our works, our arts, our service, our craft, our thinking, our writing may be the prophetic word of the Lord in our season. God, we pray into this time in our own nation where there is a famine, a lack for the word of God. And we ask that you would anoint us as those who have manna in our mouths, that we might give bread to the hungry. We bless each of these women today. We thank you for their ordination. We thank you that you thought in advance of when each of us would be born and live. And for such a time as this these are called to the kingdom as Esther who arose and called her maidens after her as Deborah who arose and raised up Yael and the armies of Israel as Miriam who led in the dance at the Red Sea and prophesied as Mary who gave birth to the Savior as Anna who prayed and fasted and prophesied and held the promise in her arms. As the Shunammite woman, Lord, as the Shulamite woman, Lord, the bride and the barren woman, as Hannah, God, we pray today, come Holy Spirit, fill and anoint, bless and make fruitful these many, this army, these women, who fear the Lord. Amen.
1: That there was supernatural commissioning and ordination this morning the Lord was equipping you to be at the right voice at the right time with the right wisdom and know be confident that at the right time in the right place the Lord will show up be your companion and that you don't have to wonder like uh, the example of some other heroes in the Bible What shall I say at this time? The Lord will put the words in your mouth on many things that are happening and you above all will be there to speak not only on behalf of the Lord and His cause but on behalf of your children that they are innocents they are small and they need their parents, and especially their moms, to rise up. And we have seen that example in the last few weeks. A couple of women who are saw their recording, and these women, I mean, I'm not in any way being political, but they're just tired that their children, little guys, had to wear masks. And to see the... the Eloquence and the anointing over those mothers Because they were speaking not on their behalf, but on their little ones Who have to suffer for something that's According to them was totally not needed and uh, So we need your presence and your voice and your prayers in the coming days that You are at the right time in the right place make a difference I really appreciate this prayer and uh, I want to say as Michael shared with us that we're going to have water baptism that it's also often the Apostles would say repent be baptized receive the Holy Spirit repent be baptized receive the Holy Spirit and all three things repentance Baptism and Holy Spirit in filling were needed. And sometimes, depending on some certain traditions, it's all done with good intentions, but quite often water baptism has been left. And there is great power and deliverance released when we get water baptized. So if you have never been baptized, I would say there are certain things you don't have to feel led. There are times where I say, if you feel led, do this, but in this kind of thing, nope. We just do it. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to make a good difference in your life. So we're going to have, Michael is going to lead us a couple of songs. If you need prayer you need some wisdom or you need to give your life to Jesus Christ or receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or make a decision and say this morning I really need to get water baptized please put my name Uh, tell these people prayer leaders the guys who helped me Ladies, gentlemen, you help us pray. And if you need a touch from the Lord, come up. We're going to open right now. You can come and help, uh, help us pray here as we sing to the Lord. And once again, I want to say to all the ladies, Happy Mother's Day here and out there on the internet. There are some who need a special healing and you're going to feel the Holy Spirit come. We have seen so many amazing examples. By the way, as we were talking about Israel and the Seven Day War, uh, the Yom Kippur War, sorry, that it was about that time, about a few years later, that Bonnie and I started regularly traveling in Israel and taking groups sometimes. But I remember being at a kibbutz, not too many years after the Yom Kippur War. And one of the leaders of the kibbutz, I remember he was, he was par- serving in the Israeli army. And he said, Pastor, I remember so clearly, especially during the Yom Kippur War, and you are a real dummy if you attack Israel during Yom Kippur, because everybody's fasting. <laughs> and the Israeli, the Arab nations attack and he was leading a tank group in the Israeli. They had only two tanks to defend this position. And a hundred tanks from Egypt were coming right there. And they were seeing. And he said, in, in my, I, I saw this in my eyes, that on their own, the Egyptian tanks would start flaming and burst into flames. And he says, and then God let me see these two giant angels and I was in total fear. of, But they were fierce and they were defending Israel. So it, it was quite an inspiring
0: time. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.